For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free study guide on the top 200 drugs. Great little uh, downloadable PDF. No cost to you. Simply an email will get you access to that. Also, we'll get you updates with any new podcasts that we have available and other content. So uh, go check that out, reallifepharmacology.com. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is lopiramide. Brand name of this medication is Imodium. Uh, you may also see it uh, listed as Imodium AD. So the AD obviously stands for anti-diarrheal. So as you can imagine, this drug is used to manage symptoms of diarrhea. Uh, most common situations that uh, I see it used in are idiopathic diarrhea, where we basically can't identify a cause, but the patient um, kind of leans uh, towards loose stools or has lots of loose stools. Uh, certainly IBS is a, a common syndrome uh, that can have diarrhea symptoms associated with it. So I've, I've certainly seen it used there periodically on an as-needed basis. Uh, oncology, medications, adverse effects from those. Uh, classic one being urinotecan causing uh, diarrhea. Uh, other kind of rare situations, short bowel syndrome. Uh, so there's lots of potential causes of uh, diarrhea and symptomatically lopiramide can potentially help with that. Uh, a little bit more, I would say, controversial. I have seen some clinicians use it and I have others uh, seen others steer away from it, uh, but its use in uh, viral or bacterial infections, uh, again, kind of controversial whether uh, it should or shouldn't be used. Um, there's a theory that it potentially could make the infection worse, essentially by not allowing the gut to move things through as quickly, uh, potentially end up in a toxic megacolon type situation. Uh, the potential advantage of using lopiramide, uh, if patients are having dramatic fluid and electrolyte loss and it slows that down, um, you know, obviously that could potentially be helpful if we can't uh, replace those fluids and electrolytes quick enough. We could run the risk of uh, hypokalemia, for example, uh, and or certainly dehydration. So um, with that said, uh, patients with, you know, generalized 12, 24-hour stomach bugs, significant diarrhea, I'm generally not recommending those type of patients use lopiramide. Um, in other situations where we've got a, a more prolonged type of situation, uh, it's definitely a case-by-case -case clinical judgment type situation on whether uh, we should or shouldn't use that. Obviously, if we've got a bacterial infection that can be treated with antibiotics, uh, that's definitely uh, a no-brainer uh, to utilize the antibiotics and then kind of make that decision clinically on kind of weighing that risk of fluid loss, electrolyte loss, 
um, versus that risk of toxic megacolon, which has been reported in the literature as well. Dosing with lopiramide. So uh, usually for adults, the most common dosing is going to be four milligrams with kind of the first loose stool and two milligrams uh, with each subsequent loose stool after that. Uh, OTC recommendation is a max of eight milligrams. So that's uh, four, tab- four two milligram tablets in a day. Uh, with uh, prescription max dosing, you may see up to 16 milligrams per day. Uh, one thing I kind of skipped over a little bit here is uh, the mechanism of action. So I definitely wanted to touch on that. Uh, lopiramide actually binds opioid receptors. So as you can imagine, uh, we're lumping this medication in with the likes of oxycodone, hydrocodone, morphine. And this medication is available over the counter. So what what gives? Um, is it a controlled substance? Is it not? Um, there may be some states out there that do list it as a controlled substance. I'm obviously not aware of all 50 states and that sort of thing. Uh, but there definitely is reports in the literature of people potentially abusing uh, lopiramide. The issue with that is it takes excessively high doses and there are certainly some risks with taking excessively high doses uh, above and beyond the max of 8 or 16 milligrams. Uh, and one of those risks is a boxed warning for cardiovascular events. Uh, so tor- torsades, cardiac arrest, uh, QTC prolongation as doses escalate. And again, we're maybe talking about those people that are potentially abusing it. Um, we run the risk of uh, those cardiovascular things coming into play. So really, really important patient education thing. Obviously, if you're you know running a pharmacy, managing a pharmacy, checking somebody out at a pharmacy, or maybe you're a nurse in a clinic and know they're taking you know high amounts of lopiramide, that might be why a patient is doing it, but you've got to educate them about the risks of cardiovascular. Uh, complications from those excessive doses and obviously refer that patient probably to uh, some sort of more standard treatment um, regarding uh, opioids or opioid use disorder. So digging into that situation, uh, making a clinical judgment there, um, and obviously importantly identifying if somebody is excessively using uh, lopiramide is going to be an important thing to do there. So Tying that in, okay, so it binds opioid receptors. If you remember, um, when we basically have agonist activity at opioid receptors, just remember oxycodone, morphine, uh, they cause constipation. And that's essentially what lopiramide is going to do. It's going to block that peristalsis, slow down the gut, and, you know, potentially help with uh, fluid and electrolyte losses, as well as uh, some of the morbidity things of um, uh, helping people maybe not have to go to the bathroom as frequently either there. So that boxed warning I mentioned uh, regarding uh, cardiovascular complications with excessive dosages, uh, it's also contraindicated in patients uh, under the age of two years old. It's actually on the kids list, so I think that's an important thing uh, to note there. Uh Adverse effect, constipation, that's kind of a a no-brainer. If patients are having constipation, 
uh, we need to certainly stop the use of lopiramide. Uh, in HIV AIDS patients, be a little bit more uh, careful. Um, patients may have diarrhea associated with an infection. Remember, these patients are immunosuppressed. So patients with HIV AIDS may be a little bit more at risk for toxic megacolon when using lopiramide uh, in a patient that may be having uh, some sort of bacterial infection uh, causing diarrhea. Other adverse effects, uh, CNS effects like drowsiness can potentially happen. Again, usually that's going to be at, at higher doses. And again, tying that in with the pharmacokinetics, lopiramide has incredibly low oral absorption into systemic circulation. So the likelihood um, at kind of standard over-the-counter doses um, that that gets into the central nervous system and has any type of effects is really, really low. Again, uh, acts mostly in the um, gut there. Uh, elimination of the drug makes sense that if it just kind of stays in the gut, it is primarily excreted uh, in the feces. All right, a couple things I wanted to mention in relation to polypharmacy, things I've seen in practice. Whenever you see an order for lopiramide, you've got to look at the medication list, okay? And this is especially true, obviously, in our geriatric polypharmacy patients. Um, a drug like colchizine uh, for gout, metformin, uh, acetylcholinesterase inhibitors like denepazil, uh, galantamine's another one, uh, sertraline, another common example uh, that can cause some loose stools. Uh, chemotherapy, if you know a patient's going through treatments, uh, definitely diarrhea is a common adverse effect from many, uh, uh, many anti-cancer type agents. So again, you see diarrhea, don't think, oh, I'm just going to give them lopiramide, it'll help their symptoms and we're, and we're good. You've got to look at that medication list and make sure we aren't using uh, medications that are causing that diarrhea versus a you know, new condition that has come up. So really, really important there. One other thing on the polypharmacy side of things I wanted to mention uh, was be sure you stop lopiramide. Um, I believe it or not, I have seen patients on laxatives like Asena and lopiramide before. Okay. So making sure that we're not um, contributing uh, to polypharmacy and if a situation has resolved, um, like for the, the classic example I've seen in practice is patient does a course of antibiotics for 7, 10, 14 days. They're having some diarrhea. They're having loose stools. Um, they're given lopiramide kind of PRN and then you know maybe it gets scheduled towards the tail end of that course and all of a sudden... Now the patient's doing well, they're off their antibiotic, and the lopiramide gets continued. So I've seen that happen in a couple of cases. So um, definitely pay attention, and you know we really don't want to use lopiramide long-term, uh, certainly if we can help it. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material, like BCPS, NAPLEX, ambulatory care, geriatrics, and others, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, great list of resources, uh, comparison tables, questions, videos, PDFs, uh, tons of stuff to help you prepare for each uh, specific board exam that you're looking to try to pass. So uh, go support the sponsor there, meded101.com slash store. 
Uh, in addition, if you're another healthcare professional, uh, I've got a book coming out on, uh, it's a flashcard book. Uh, so great resource for anyone taking pharmacology classes. Uh, I've got Meded 101 Guide to Nursing Pharmacology, Case Studies, Clinical Pearls, um, all those links you can find, meded101.com slash store. All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. So lopiramide not being typically readily available in the bloodstream, we're probably not going to have to worry about interactions uh, with regard to that too much. Most of the drug interactions that I worry about are as if people are taking uh, excessive dosages. So, for instance, QTC prolongation. If you've got you know, an elderly patient on amiodarone, um, you know, a quinolone antibiotic, an antipsychotic, those are all meds that can contribute to QTC prolongation. And if you've got somebody that's maybe uh, taking excessive lopiramide on top of that, that could potentially add to that. Uh, same thing with uh, CNS depressant type activity. Remember I said it's got opioid activity. It just takes crazy high dosages, um, risky high dosages to, to get there. Um, but in theory, certainly it could add to CNS depressant type effects if um, that dose is, uh, if the medication is inappropriately and excessively used. And then uh, you've got to think about gut slowing medications uh, so I think of uh, anticholinergics. That's a, a great example there. So your diphenhydramine, your hydroxyzine. Um, opioids, of course, um, are, are going to have that same mechanism. So any type of drugs that are going to have additive gut-slowing effects, um, certainly lopiramide could potentially uh, add to that. Now, that may be what we're trying to do is slow down the gut, um, but certainly don't overlook somebody who's maybe taking uh, lopiramide chronically if uh, we're causing too much of that uh, due to adding an anticholinergic on top of their medication regimen. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, found it helpful, please leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, also, big news, we've got a flashcard book coming out. Uh, so stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed to the blog, I will be emailing you guys out when that is available. It's going to be on Amazon. It's called Flippin' Pharmacology Flashcards. So really, really excited about that. It's it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's a great uh, flashcard product with a binding. Um, it's going to be a great resource for students, and I'm, I'm really excited to be releasing that soon. So uh, again, pay attention to uh, reallifepharmacology.com, and uh, if you subscribe, uh, on the website there, uh, you're going to get an email when that's available. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions about the podcast, uh, feel free to reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com or LinkedIn, uh, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP is probably the social media platform I'm on the most. With that, thank you guys so much for listening. Take care and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.